Well, good afternoon, everyone. Happy to be here with you today. It is a wonderful Thursday here on New Hope Radio. Coming your way on 1590 on the AM dial, WAV, 92.7 FM. Also, Facebook and YouTube at newhopecc.tv. I want to remind you about the Hope Club. The Hope Club is a, a club of people that support New Hope Radio. $3 a week. You get a devotional on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Audio file in your email. You get a Tuesday challenge to apply what you heard on Monday. And um, we appreciate you. That's our thank you to you for supporting us here on New Hope Radio. If you want to join the Hope Club, go to newhopecc.tv. Click donate or give or, I don't know, something like that. Go to radio. Click radio fund. Put in your information, $3 a week, your email, and you're in. And uh, we'll put you on that email list, and you'll start off the day right. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday as well. Love our Hope Clubbers. They keep us on the air. Why don't you join us? Okay, we're going to begin a brand new series today. Whoops, okay, here we go. Going to begin a brand new series. I like this series because, you know, it's nice and easy. It's nice and simple. But it's really, really important. And it's a series that's very simple. It's called Look Up. That's it. Look Up. And what we're going to do in this series, we're going to look up at a few things. We're going to see what it means to look up and see the harvest. To look up and be thankful. To look up and prepare, oh, here it comes, for the coming of the Lord. And today we're going to see what it means to look up and be forgiven. That's an important one. Look up and be forgiven. Now, did you ever notice that we look in different directions because of how we may be feeling? Did you ever notice that? You're feeling sad, and where do you look? Down. You're feeling confused. Where do you look? Within. You feel surprised. You probably look around. But when you're looking for forgiveness, you can only look up. And when you look up, you're looking up on that hill called Calvary. And on that hill is a cross. And on that cross hangs a man. Oh, not just any man. He's Jesus Christ, a Son of God and Savior of the world. That is what you see when you look up. I wonder how many of us that are listening have done that. How many of you have really looked up at that cross and recognized Jesus Christ for who he really is? Let's look up today. And note what we see when we look at Jesus. I'm going to show you maybe something fresh, maybe something new that you'll see when you look at Jesus that you really haven't noticed before. Now, some of these things are pretty basic. Number one, when you look up at Jesus, you see a man 
who was virgin born. You think about that. Virgin born. Like, how did that happen? How does something like that happen? Well, let's take a look. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. The angel Gabriel, he was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin. She was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel said to her, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him, not Joseph, Jesus. And she's probably thinking, All right, how's this going to happen? And the angel continued, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. How do you think that worked? I wonder if like, the Holy Spirit just went by her, planted the seed, planted the seed of the humanity of Jesus in the womb of Mary. And Jesus began to form in her womb. So when you look up at the cross, you see a man who was, yeah, virgin born. He had to be virgin born in order to be born without sin. See, whenever a human man and human woman come together, they create a sin nature in that child. So Jesus, for him to not have a sin nature, had to have a parent that wasn't completely human. Hence the Holy Spirit. No sin nature was formed in Jesus. Secondly, when you look up, you see a man full of compassion. He had compassion for people who the Bible says were troubled. They were under a great load. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowds, he was moved by them. He knew that they were under pressure, even from, you know, the religious leaders, right? They were supposed to lead the people to God and set the people free, and they didn't. They led the people to themselves and put them under more bondage and more burdens. Jesus had compassion on them when he saw that. He also had compassion on the sick and the diseased in Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. He had compassion on those that had nothing to eat in Matthew 15, 32. He had compassion on those who were blind in Matthew 20, 34. He had compassion on those who were afflicted with leprosy in Mark 1, 41. He had compassion for a mother whose son had died in Luke 7, 13. So, I think you get the idea that you, when, when you look up at the cross, you see a man who had compassion on all kinds of people and all kinds of circumstances. When we look up at the cross, we see a man who, number three, taught words of wisdom. You know, this was one of the great things that mocked out Jesus as different from all the others. His teaching ministry. He had a way of communicating divine truth where, number one, people understood. 
And number two, people felt encouraged. And number three, it gave them hope. Don't you think that's the reason for the preaching of the Word of God? I think that's a big part of why we preach God's Word. To give people understanding, to give them encouragement, and to give them hope. In Matthew chapter 13, in verse 54, he came to his hometown and began teaching them in the synagogue. And you know, they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? See, whenever you go home, people are familiar. They're familiar with you. And when he went home to Nazareth, people were familiar. That can't be. We know Jesus. We know his brothers and his sisters and his his mother and his father. Where, Where did he get this learning? Where did he get these powers? Mark recorded that they were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Oh, what was it like to sit under the scribes? They would open up the scroll, close the scroll. Probably The people probably thought, that was inspiring. <laughs> Can't wait for next time. Jesus was different. He was very inspiring. And he had a confidence about him that he knew he was speaking the word of God. And the people that heard him, they knew he was speaking the word of God. And they liked that. They liked a confident teacher that knew what he was talking about. That gave them hope. Anybody that teaches the Word of God, they need to know what they're talking about. They really do. It can't be, well, you know, I don't know, maybe, I think so, I'm not sure. Well, you know, I'm not saying you have to have all the answers. But what I'm saying is, be confident in the answers that you do have. Be confident in what you know. Because, you know, the devil goes about, like a, he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, to drink down. Oh, he tries get, to get people to doubt what they really believe. And he'll do that with the students of God's Word. He'll do that with the teachers of God's Word. That's why we have so many liberal Bible schools today. Liberal Bible schools where they don't teach the divinity of Christ. They don't teach on the Trinity. And they don't teach on the things that we hold so dear. You know why? Because they're liberal. They're liberal. It's demonic. And it's an attack upon divine truth. Know this. Not only will the people of God always be under attack, truth will always be under attack. This is why you got to know what you believe. You got to know. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. Say, well, what's, what's that got to do with it? Well, when you do what the Bible says, you know what happens? You become more confirmed in it. You believe it more. It goes deeper into your soul. So you don't become a forgetful individual doing what the Bible says. Oh, It just kind of like cements it. It cements it into your heart. That's what it does. 
Number four, when you look up at a cross, you see a man, a man that was completely blameless. John chapter three, I mean, John chapter one, verse 35 says, again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, oh, behold, look at that, the Lamb of God. You know, the lamb was the animal that was used for sacrifice, and the lamb was the symbol of the once and for all great sacrifice, right? Now, you know that. And it pointed to the real sacrifice, Jesus, when he came. And John recognized Jesus for who he was, the real lamb that would come to take away the sin of the world. You know what Peter called Jesus? He said, oh, that's the one with precious blood. As of a lamb, unblemished and spotless. Oh, it's the blood of Christ. See, that's why Jesus had to be virgin born. His his blood was precious. He was unblemished. He was without spot. Now, he could have become blemished had he sinned, but he never did. You know, wasn't he tempted in all points as we are, scriptures tell us, but without sin. So, it doesn't mean he was never tempted. You know, when he got out of the Jordan River, he went up into the wilderness and guess who was waiting for him? The dirty devil himself. And he brought three temptations, and Jesus didn't buckle. Jesus didn't waver. Jesus didn't take the bait. He stood firm on what? The Word of God. There it is. See? The Word of God is your friend. From Genesis to Revelation, it's your friend. It'll never steer you wrong, and it'll hold you up and strengthen you in time of temptation. Peter said about Jesus, who verily, I like that part, verily, was verily mean, truthfully, was foreordained, oh, you're not going to believe this, before the foundation of the world. Like what? Like it was always the plan of God, even before there was a world, that Jesus would come and die. I'm like, are you kidding? In eternity past, Jesus knew what his human fate would be. What was that like? What was that like being in eternity past in heaven, knowing you were going to come to earth and suffer? Wow. So Peter said, yeah, he was chosen before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you, for us. We saw him. It was always the plan, and the plan came to fruition. It really did. God fulfilled what he planned to do. <laughs> you, know, you know, God fulfills all his plans. Every single one. There's not a plan God has that he's not going to fulfill. He's going to fulfill them all. Number five. When you look up at the cross, you see a man who conquered death. Now, this is a really good one. 
he conquered death. On that Sunday morning after the Sabbath, the women went to the tomb seeking to put spices on the body of Jesus. And you know the story. We just observed this a while ago. When they got there, an angel met them and said, He's not here. He's risen. Just like he said he would, remember? Remember he told you he was going to rise? He said, come and see the place where he, where the Lord lay. And they looked and like, yeah, you're right. He's gone. He's not there. He told you he was going to be gone, and he is. Then John added something. See, that was Matthew's recording. And then John added, when he had first come to the tomb, he also entered, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. They never got it. They never got the part part where Jesus said, after they kill me and they bury me, I'm going to rise. When Jesus said the Son of Man was going to be turned over to evil men and be tortured and killed, they kind of shut down at that point. You know, when you shut down at bad news, you never hear the good news. They miss the good news, even though Jesus said it. On the third day, he'll rise again. I'll be there. They missed that part. So you know what they did? The disciples went away again to their own homes, John chapter 20. They went to their own homes. They went home. See, that's what you do. You give up when you when when your faith diminishes, you give up. Some of you have given up. So I didn't give up. No, you've given up. You know why you've given up? Here's how I know. You've left your first love. Your zealousness. Your eagerness. It's gone. You've left your first love. You've given up. Oh, for one reason or another. I don't know why people do that. Hard times will cause you to give up. You know what? Good times will cause you to give up. Failure can cause you to give up because you feel guilty. Success can cause you to give up because you feel like, hey, I'm independent now. I'm I'm successful. It's all kinds of things that can cause us to give up. All kinds of things. When you've lost your first love, when you've left it, Know that you've given up. Number six, when you look up at the cross, you see a man who, wait a minute, ascended into heaven. That's pretty cool. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9, after Jesus said these things, he had a final pep talk with the disciples, gave them the great commission. He was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. This is why I don't believe in a parallel universe. Some people think there's a universe right alongside us. There's not. Jesus didn't vaporize. Jesus went up. Heaven is a geographic location. You've got the first heaven, which is the sky. You go further you get the heaven, the second heaven, which is space. You go further, you've got the third heaven, which is God's heaven. It's geographic. I believe that. Geographic. It's not a parallel universe. 
It's geographic. Jesus ascended up into the clouds and out of sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing, the angels, they stood beside them. These angels keep popping up. How cool was that? And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who's been taken up from you into heaven, oh, he's going to come in just the same way as you saw him. The way you watched him go up into heaven, he's coming down the same way. I'm like, wow, he's coming back. That's a promise. The Lord Jesus is coming back. This is the Jesus that you see when you look up at the cross. Now, when you do look up at the cross, you can be forgiven. Think about that. You can be forgiven. Forgiveness means that God no longer charges your sins to your account. He has paid the price for you through Christ, and he gives you the gift of eternal life. Because what did Jesus say of himself in John 17, verse 3? He said, this is the eternal life, that they may know you, Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. There it is. There's where forgiveness and eternal life with God is found. Believing in God the Father, believing in God the Son. You can't leave one out. You can't say, well, I got God without Christ, or I got Christ without God. Jesus said, no. You could have both. John the Apostle said, in his uh, first little letter, 1 John 2, Christ himself is a propitiation, which means atonement, for sins, not for ours only, but for those of the whole world. Think about it. you got to write that one down. Christ died for the sins of the whole world. Okay? Now, I like what Paul said to the Romans. Romans 10, 13. Whoever, you're a whoever, I'm a whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Come on. This is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. John's Gospel, chapter 3. Whoever, I like this, this word whoever keeps popping up at just the right place. <laughs> I like it. Whoever believes will in him, in other words, in Christ, have eternal life. I mean, like, can it get any simpler? It can't. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus died. So, why do we look up at the cross? Because this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. So in quick review, what do you see when you look up at the cross? Because remember, the cross is the focal point of human history. It's like, it's what history 
revolves around. It's the cross. What do they call that? The fulcrum? Like on a seesaw? You've got the left side and the right side, and right in the middle you've got the, the fulcrum. I remember my geometry. Well, that's the cross. You've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. So when you look up at the cross, you see a man who was virgin-born. You see a man who was full of compassion. You see a man who was a teacher of wisdom. You see a man who conquered death. Oh, you see a man who rose into heaven. And you see a man who offers forgiveness and eternal life. That's what you see. And the ending question is, will you look up and be forgiven? Will you look up? If you look up, that's where you'll find forgiveness. Now, many people have, because this is the Christian broadcast, and probably most people that are listening have done that. But there are so many that are not. So this is going to be a podcast at the Hope Club podcast. When you see it, share it. Because there are many that need to know that God is inviting them into a relationship with him. And in order to have that relationship, they have to be clean and righteous and holy. And they can become that by being forgiven. That's it. They can just become forgiven. And as we've seen, Jesus Christ has made all of that possible. Love studying about the Lord. We're teaching about Him. We're going to be teaching about Him more and more because that's the central figure of all, of all creation. He is the Creator. So think about that. Really confirm you have that assurance of that forgiveness and that eternal life with God? I hope you do. If not, then you go to God and you receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior because He is the Savior of the world. Thanks for coming along today. Don't forget the Hope Club. $3 a week. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click donate or give, whatever it says there. Click fund, radio fund. $3 a week. Put in your email. You'll be in the Hope Club. We'll meet you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. All righty. Thank you in advance for that. And uh, have a great day, and I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.